0: So, hey there, Dave Smith. Hello. We are doing an accidental podcast, but not an accidental tech podcast. No. It might even be an accidental feelings podcast. Feelings. I know. Feelings. Yeah, Mike is not here. It's just you and me. We are in the Apple Podcast Studio inside WWDC. We are coming from you to you from inside WWDC and inside a styrofoam box, box which is lightly uncomfortable but actually really awesome so it's it's tremendous pieces of styrofoam i mean this this kind of makeshift room is what would you say that is like 10 feet it's like a 10 foot by 10 foot cube and the walls behind me in front of me and to my right are all made of styrofoam and it looks i don't think it is but it looks like a single piece of styrofoam this is probably deeply uninteresting to those who can't see where we are but we'll somehow include a picture somewhere and and let you see it but it is Extremely cool because the Styrofoam has like the Apple podcast logo cut into it and the, you know, the, the both the, the Apple logo and podcast, the word, and then the Apple podcast uh, app logo cut into it as well. It is very, very fancy.
1: Yeah, no, it's a nice spot. It's, it's different than last year, which is, I mean, I think in many ways that's a, a theme of this week. There's lots of little changes and mm-hmm. things that are different. Last year, the podcast studio was up. Looking down over the lounge like It was the like a crow's la- nest, yeah, yeah. It
0: was really weird. Really cool, but really weird. I was talking to somebody about that, and uh, they pointed out to me that that was not really ADA compliant, sure. which was something that I was – you know, it was like a head smack moment. Like, oh, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. And the reason they say that – and I think we covered this last year – was that um, in order to get to it, you needed to go – you needed to get escorted like behind the conference center, not in a literal sense, but like in, in the no man's land sure. where the workers go, which was very <laughs> – Odd, not bad, but just odd. Mm -hmm. And you had to climb a bunch of stairs and so on and so forth. And it was a very cool crow's nest, but it was not easily accessible.
1: Yeah.
0: So... Today we are here to chat for an unknown amount of time. I would guess thirty minutes or less. Given I,
1: that's the that's how that's all I'm i him all allowed to do. Yeah. It's in my contract. <laughs> it's in thir- the contract. Thir- thirty minutes or less. So let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, I Stole wanted- my line.
0: I know. I'm sorry. It's uh, terrible. We got to start it all over. Um, no, I wanted to talk to you, and I, well, actually, you came up with the idea, which I'm now taking credit for. But I wanted to talk to you about what it's like to be involved with a live recording in front of people and so this is going to be the accidental inside baseball podcast but um on monday night atp recorded live in front of a whole bunch of people on tuesday night uh, the talk show recorded live in front of a whole bunch of people and and more pertinent is that last night uh there was a relay fm kind of gathering recording etc and you have kind of become the official unofficial photographer of of the Monday and Wednesday events and I don't know if you realize this but that is also in your contract that you're doing this forever more okay um, I, I wanted to ask you what that was like and we were chatting briefly before we came in here and you, you used a really great line that I'm going to quote your own words back to now you said I, I was intentionally doing something I didn't know how to do so with in deference to my curly maybe we'll get a little bit of feelings coming out here but Tell me about
1: that. Sure. I mean, I think what I've found in general in life, it is easy to get stuck doing the same things and doing Mm -hmm. the things that you know how to do. Um, And I find, if anything, over time, as you develop a level of mastery and a level of um, competence and skill in something, it is easier and easier to continue in that pattern, to make things that you know how to make, to do things you know how to do. And what's awkward? That's good in the sense of like mastery is a, is, a, is a wonderful and powerful thing that mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't have a career um, at the level that I have a career if I hadn't developed the skills of being an iOS developer to the degree that I have. But the challenge I find in that is that it gets so easy to be comfortable and to continue in those things that are easy. And like by sort of the nature of um, of mastery is that you something that starts off being hard eventually becomes easy, mm-hmm. um, even though the task itself hasn't, hasn't changed at all. And something that I try and encourage myself to do is to push myself to do things that I don't know how to do. And so specifically um, in the context that we're going to talk about now, I found myself in a situation where um, bef- the week before I went to WWDC, I went to Yosemite to uh, go hiking with my wife. And I'd rented a, a really sort of like a nice lens uh, for my camera to take pictures there. Uh, and I realized that it would also be a good lens that I could use to uh, take pictures of uh, of a live event. of an, you know, Of, of it's, it's the same kind of equipment that you would use if you were a professional event photographer. If you were going to actually go and you know shoot you know shoot an event properly. And so I had the thought, like, well, why don't I try? Like, I know these I know the people running these events personally, so it's not like it, it's it's not it's not a complete a completely big ask. And I mean, I don't think in general either event was going to have someone in a sort of official role taking pictures either and sort of otherwise and even though I had no idea if the quality of the pictures that I ended up with would be good or worthwhile or be anything in particular they could have just been all out of focus and terrible but (laughs) it was an interesting opportunity to see that I could try Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a little bit scary though to put yourself into that position. That it's like I I, re- I know how a camera works. I'm fairly competent at the mechanics of that, but it's something that I've never done um, before. Like I, in a past life, I thought I, I thought for a while that I was going to be a landscape photographer. Like I love doing taking pictures of landscapes, and. Landscapes are 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 complicated to shoot in many ways, but they're not people. They're not.
0: Uh, <laughs> they move a little bit they, less. They, I would they argue. move a
1: lot less. Things are much more kind of. It's a much more slow, almost meditative process where you're, you know, you set up a picture and you're sitting on a tripod, um, and you're just kind of tra- trying to be technically correct to capture the si- the situation. Whereas mm-hmm. a live event is a totally different situation because you're trying to capture the emotion. Of the people and of the room that are being recorded because, um, and this is just what I discovered. Like I something that I, when I first started taking pictures on, on Monday of, of ATP of, of you, John and Marco, um, I quickly realized that, the, you know, I, I think I took, yeah, I think I took 1500 pictures that for free for My you guys. Word. And I think I ended up with like 2100 of the, the, the relay event, which So you love them more. I do. I love them about fifty percent more. <laughs> uh, I love that you just own it. Well, and, and I, honestly, the real main reason there, we'll get into a minute of. It's like different venues made sure, it that I had sure, much sure. more um, access and opportunities um, at the relay event. But what I think was interesting was you, the, the very quickly realizing that the interesting, like it's easy to te- take a good, a, a technically sound picture of people um, in that environment. It's static lighting.
0: Mm, um, people mm-hmm. aren't
1: really moving, especially because when you're podcasting, you're trying to keep your head in a, <laughs> in a, in a constant space, um, ne- you know, relative to a microphone. And so, technically, it was very easy to have a in, you know, in focus, well exposed picture. Mm-hmm. But the hard part and the challenging part became trying to capture moments of interest, like where it's not just like you know, I, I, I took that, fa- it took you know, three thousand pictures, but they weren't all the same, mm-hmm. and it's trying to capture those moments and. That became an interesting challenge. But it was overall, I think, just fundamentally, I've enjoyed this process of trying something that I don't know how I'm doing. And I think, in general, um, it's it's a good experience. And it's something that I I hope to do continue to do, Mm -hmm. if if not necessarily taking pictures. But it's a good reminder that this is something that I should force myself to do in general.
0: Yeah. How old were you when you were thinking about
1: being a landscape photographer? Are we, like, six years old? Or is this, like, somewhat recently? No, this was, like, in my mid-20s. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Yeah, it it was a period of time when I started off, uh, I had just sort of crossed over to the point where I was able to do uh, apps Mm full-time, which um, had the interesting side effect of it meant that I now had kind of full control over my schedule. Sure, Um, When I got away from doing consulting and doing just apps, it's like suddenly it's this interesting opportunity to like, well, I can kind of do what I want. And for a long time I'd thought um, that I wanted to take pictures full-time or not not necessarily full-time, but as, sure, sure, as, sure. as a part of my professional um, career. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I started going down that road a bit and started like, you know, my, my wife and I went on a big trip. It was for, for our anniversary, but we also kind of turned it into a experiment on what it was like to you know, do photography full-time uh, or at least seriously. And I very quickly discovered that that really wasn't for me. Like I didn't enjoy... Once it became a job, it really wasn't fun. Mm, mm-hmm. um, the parts of it I enjoyed were the parts that um, you you have to think about differently when you're actually if you're trying to think of it as a commercial thing something that you might end up wanting to sell prints of or mm-hmm. um, commercialize. and so it became something that's like, no, I'll just keep this as a hobby. This is sure. something that I will enjoy more um, as a hobby rather than as something that. Um, I want to pursue commercially, but it's you know it was certainly beneficial in having the competence to know how to shoot how to shoot an event, but still completely terrifying in terms of not really knowing what you 're doing yeah now a piece of administrivia, we will probably have already
0: received many emails about the particular equipment you were using sure in at least broad
1: strokes. can you tell me about this particular lens and what it was mated to? Oh, sure, so I shot um both both of the live events within uh sony a seven three um, which is a full frame mirrorless uh Sony camera which is amazing. I've I got this camera a couple months ago and it's just it is I have no complaints about it. It mm. is it, the battery life is amazing, the performance and speed and quality of the pictures you get out of it is amazing. Um and in this particular situation I shot the events with the 70 to 200 28 um Sony G Master lens. Um, which is a kind of a funny thing. I'd never I, I'd only seen pictures of this lens before I rented mm. it. And the First time I took it out of the box, I discovered that it weighs like three and a half pounds, four yeah. pounds. It is. It feels like you're holding a small child in your hand while you when mm-hmm. you pick it up. And it, no,
0: this is not an exaggeration. Like it, it is, it's hard to paint a word picture about how big this lens was, but it it was hilarious how big the lens was attached to a camera that really isn't that physically large. Yeah. And I picked this thing up, and I was like, oh, this is the real deal. And didn't it have like a little, like an
1: L-shaped bracket? Was that for like a second tripod? Well, yet? no, so for a lens that big and that heavy, you have to attach the lens to the tripod, not the camera. Because if you attach the, <laughs> <you> the <laughs> camera, if you catch the camera to the tripod, the tripod will just fall over, because right, it'll, be t- right, right. it'll sort of be front-heavy. Uh-huh. Um, so you actually have the lens has a, a yeah like an L-shaped leg to move the center of to, like so you can put the tripod under the center of mass mm-hmm. which is at, in the mm-hmm. middle of the lens mm-hmm. rather than um underneath the camera so yeah and it was a lens that i never used before and didn't really know anything about until i just like went, you know went to lensrentals.com and bought it, like rented it for a couple for a couple of days and just tr- started trying it out right right
0: and so you said it's a zoom lens and it gets as wide as 2.8 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah.
1: So 70 to 200 and then it's a 2.8 mm-hmm. um, maximum aperture. Fair.
0: And so Monday night you were kind enough to take a bunch of pictures of, of the event that I was a part of. That though was very different than Wednesday and, and you yeah. can concentrate on either if you just want to give an overview of one or the other. But but the reason I say it was very different was because the particular venue for Monday night was a hotel you know, ballroom or conference room yeah. or whatever. So from my recollection anyway – you were, and I was a little distracted, to be honest, but you were sure. sitting you were sitting statically in whatever chair you had chosen for the evening. And, and if you got up, it didn't seem like you had gotten up much because quite honestly, you didn't really need to because the three of us were just kind of there and the, the venue in and of itself was not a picture piece, if that makes sense. The venue was just a bunch of chairs and a bunch of people in a big wide room. But that was different than the relay event wherein I think the venue itself, which was a proper theater, lended itself to not only diff- very different and varied vantage points but also the venue itself to some degree was was more worthy of being the subject of a photograph so to whatever direction you would like to take
1: how how, can you compare and contrast these and tell me about it well what i think was interesting so obviously coming from not knowing what i was going to not knowing what i was doing and what i was trying to capture it was in retrospect the the ven the differences in the venue the difference between having the uh, ha- having the relay event being at a proper theater and the ATP event being in a ballroom, I think from a photography perspective, what I discovered is the awkward thing is the goal of a photographer at an event like that is to be largely invisible, mm-hmm. to not disrupt the actual event or the enjoyment of the audience mm-hmm. um, of itself. And the other thing that I very quickly realized at the ATP event is that uh, the best I was going to be able to do was to have a good seat slightly off to the slightly off center so i can get a more interesting angle but largely i'm gonna to have to stay there because if i move mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. i'm going to be getting in people's views because the it's just a big wide ballroom with flat seating um and so anywhere i am that would have a good view of the stage is going to be in front of someone else right um, and so that was kind of an awkward thing that meant that the pictures i took were Largely very very similar. I could do mm-hmm. really the only flexibility that I could I could use is taking close-ups of an, an individual mm-hmm. or take group shots of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't much of variety or interest in terms of uh, positioning or in terms of uh, composition because the nature of the room was just just like that. And I mean, I imagine there's a certain degree of if you. Uh-huh. If I, if I were being hired to do this professionally, I would have just moved around more and got in people's sure, way, sure. and my goal would have been different. That mm-hmm. I my goal it's like and if I block some people's view periodically, lots that's of fine. <laughs> but um, I didn't feel great about doing that, and so that made that much more difficult. And what was really nice about the relay event is because it was at a proper theater. There's lots of different like, um, which a it was just really cool to actually go backstage at the theater mm-hmm. and like it is a legit theater where like we went down into a dressing room where you know it's like it was an actual green room for, I was about like, to say, like it for was, like for the talent right. it was the- a
0: green room not in the literal sense of the word but but in the sense that it was, to your point, for talent, like this was not just some offshoot room, you know, where we were sitting before our show started, which was just like a small conference room. Like it was yeah. a legitimate green room and there was there there was so much stuff backstage to get things onto the stage, below the stage, above the stage, et cetera. It, it, it was a, it
1: was the real deal. And there's sure. like I mean, I thought it was fascinating, too, that there's like um, like signs all over the walls for all the different ways that you can access the stage. Like if you want to go to stage left, go here, turn left. And, you know, it's like there's all these signs or, you know, all the different dressing rooms. And it's clearly designed for a production where you could imagine, you know, uh, you know, actors or singers, you know, running back and forth, doing costume changes and Mm -hmm. having a much more dynamic thing. Obviously, in our situation, it was much more um, straightforward. But what I did love about that venue, in addition to just being really cool, is that it meant that. There was lots of there was lots of accessible places that I could go that I would not be disruptive. That very I could, different vantage points. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I could appear all the way way up in the the very very tip back of the of the balcony um, and take kind of more wide shots sweeping down. Or there were wings of the balcony that came down essentially almost to um, the stage, like but just slightly elevated. Sure. I could get to and come there. I could go down to the ground level and come in on the side. And all of these were accessible without. Um, getting in anybody's way and so it was really nice to be able to have that kind of variety Um, as well as kind of in a weird way it was felt really it felt like it was a genuine it was it was genuine it was like I was genuinely shooting the event Mm -hmm. and it was trying to anticipate different segments of the show and I want to talk more about that in a minute but carry on yeah but it, it was being able to try and be in different places and to have that variety and to experiment a bit and to uh, be a bit more creative with it. And it is really interesting to, I think, the, the over the course of the, like, I think your show was maybe an hour and 15 minutes. I think the Relay event was maybe an hour and a half. Um, it was interesting in both cases to see the skill and the experience get better. Mm-hmm. That, like, in some ways, I feel bad. Like, that the Relay event, um, the, they did a, a two-part show, and I feel like the first part with uh, Stephen, Jason, and Serenity I didn't shoot quite as well sure, sure. as I shot the second part of the show, which was Stephen, uh, Mike, and Federico, because mm-hmm. I kind of had a, a sense of it. And yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's always one of these funny things where whenever you learn a skill, you look back at your, at your initial work <laughs> what and you're like, doing? what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the same thing happens in programming where sure. you look at your like, – even you look at any code you wrote like two months ago and you're like, what, is the, what was this guy thinking? Like, yep. This is not the right way to do mm-hmm. this. I agree. I, I am I am ecstatic
0: if I can look at code written more than about a month ago and not be just tremendously disgusted by it. And if I've gone, if I can go like six months back and look at code and be like, yeah, okay, that's fine, then I am really excited. Um, I wanted to to pick your brain a little bit and kind of build on uh, what you said a minute ago about anticipating what's happening on stage. And, and I I want to bring this up because. Uh, as part of the relay show, Stephen had brought a mystery box and it was literally a brown box and it had the word mystery written on it. And it was clear that this was going to be, of course, part of the show. And it was clear that at some juncture, there was going to be something coming out of it. Knowing Stephen, it was going to be something funny. I was sitting a few rows back, but pretty much dead center. And I wanted to capture, just with my iPhone, I mean, I didn't have anything else with me. I just, I wanted to capture that reveal because I, it occurred to me as I was sitting there, Stephen has planned this and Stephen is going to plan for some sort of reaction, maybe happy, maybe sad, maybe laughter, maybe frustration, whatever it may be, he's going to expect a reaction from whatever's in this box. And what I found myself doing was like locking into the podcast and trying to anticipate when was this going to happen and try to get ahead of it a little bit and i have a feeling it was even more dramatic for you and f- the difference is i just really wanted to capture that moment cuz i thought it would be funny but for you you were trying to capture to some degree the whole event so do you feel like that was similar did was it was it hard were you exhausted at the end even leaving around the physical the physicality of running up sure. and down i got to imagine the the mental load on you was also quite
1: difficult yeah and i think i benefited in certainly in this case of the two sh- like the shows that i was I, that, that i was tra- tra- trying to trying to photograph were um, shows that I'm very familiar with, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I, 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 have listened to ATP since at the very first episode, I mean, back back before it was, you know, back when it was neutral, I've listened to connected since it was the prompt. Like it's very, it was very helpful to have in my mind that you got, you get a sense of the, the flow of things sure. and that the interaction between these people. And I think it would have been difficult if it was like just sh- shooting something blind, like yep. having no, no, no idea, no context. I definitely think there was that element of trying to get a sense of the different in different phases of the show, and even um, you know it's like within in the within ATP, it's like it's, there are certain points that it makes sense to focus on Marco, and there are certain yep, points yep. that it makes sense to focus on you, and there are certain points that mm-hmm. makes sense to focus on Syracuse, because you know when you're talking about the Mac and Syracuse gets all riled up, like <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be prime Syracuse, sure. you know Syracuse, uh, you know emoting and being mm-hmm, excited mm-hmm. or mad or grumpy. Um, and gesturing or those types of things. And similarly, um, what's really interesting in the theater is most of the best shots you can get tended to be, um, f- close and to one of the sides, which mm. is typically really good, um, of the person who is farthest away from you and right, then not right, as right, good right. of the person who is closest to you mm-hmm. because they're slightly to your back. They're turning their back slightly to you because they're tend- they typically are looking at the other people on the sure. stage. Um, and so it's the, that funny dynamic of anticipating, you know, when it's going to, when like you started, when we started to talk about, uh, for example, the shortcut stuff, which is like, you know, like, um, Federico's like, you know, cr- Christmas morning at, at this conference. <laughs> it's like, I made sure that I was all the way on the opposite side from him. So I could get, try and capture his face more, uh, more specifically. And then when it was, it was parts of the show where. You know Stephen, who was on the you know, who was on the opposite side from Federico, when he was the, when he was it was more his stuff. It's like try and make mm-hmm. my way to the other side. Um, but of course, you always have to balance too the the ebb and flow of the event. insofar as um, when I'm moving, I'm not taking pictures, and so right, right. you have this weird tension of like, is this a good time? Is yep. this a good time? And it's not even necessarily like um, moving when it's like ad breaks or something. Like you could imagine sure. like, oh, that's, that's like because. In both in both cases with uh, with ATP and with Relay, there were jokes and bits and things that were happening during the sure. ad break mm-hmm. that was uh, just as, just just as funny and interesting as the other thing. And so it's kind of that funny balance of hitting the moment when you can move to another location to try and shoot um, and to anticipate when that you know you're not going to miss something interesting. And I think in general. Um, I did a pretty good job there. There, there were a couple moments where it was like, oh, I missed it. You know, yeah. it's like we were just like three seconds too late. Mm-hmm. Or, um, though I will say that, that having a really, uh, having a really quick, having a really quick focusing camera was definitely a big b- benefit in that regard because um, it definitely it, it helped me to not have to anticipate quite as much. Sure, um, as if I really had to be in place. That if I was like even vaguely close, I could just hold up the camera and push and push down the shutter, mm-hmm. and it would do most of the work on its own um, to at least get me something. Right. Were you running in auto? Or- um, I actually, I ran it in a whole variety of modes. So mm-hmm. I didn't run it in straight auto because, um, the, I wanted to turn off the shutter, um, which is a, one of the lovely features of having a mirrorless camera is that you can completely turn off the, the, the shutter, in which case it's completely silent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause I, the last thing you want is to hear like click, 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 yep, click, yep, click, yep. click, 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 click. You know, it's like, it was kind of fun before the, uh, before the show, when we were down, um, in the green room, and I was taking pictures, which also was probably something to mention that it was really kind of fun to be taking pictures in a somewhat official resp- like position. That I mean, mm-hmm. I had just asked. Um, Mike and Steven if it would be okay and they said yes which that yes is all I needed to then be like you know deputize myself right. as an <laughs> official photographer um, but the fun thing about that is once you start to feel that you're official it's like there's a certain amount of permission that that gives you and credibility yeah, and like yeah. I can I just for the entire time that we were there I just was you know sit, sort of hanging back observing what was going on when they were just interacting with each other and trying to capture um, trying to capture sort of more interesting moments between them um, I was able to do that. And it didn't feel weird. It didn't mm-hmm. feel awkward. Like sometimes... Because you're supposed to be there. Because I'm supposed to be there. And I think mm-hmm. hopefully, eventually, um, they, uh, you know, sort of like, they, you start to forget that I'm there, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. that, that I'm, you know, it's, I mean, it works out well in this case that like I'm friends with them. And so... It's not like there's this weird awkward guy in the in, in right, the corner right, of the right. room. Like it's normal for me to be around, mm-hmm. um, but that was kind of nice. And so, other than when I was when Mike wanted to feel like a true rock star, so I put it into paparazzi mode, where it's <laughs> like the uh, where, where the, turn the shutter on and have it take like you know t- ten frames a second of just like so you could get the full feeling of like what it would be like to be a star. I put it in completely silent mode, And so you can't do that in full auto. But I had had it in that mode, and then what I tried to do is I set up a couple of different you know so um uh, most cameras you can set it up into p or program mode where it, it, the camera does most of the things by itself so i had that one and then i set up um aperture priority for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um really for having a really wide depth of field mm-hmm. so i think i was shooting at mostly like f8 f10 um, oh, so interesting. I would have expected the other way. Okay. So, so why, why such a wide depth? of So field? what I really wanted to do there is that is when I'm trying to capture everybody. I gotcha. Okay. And I want everybody to be in focus. Um, cause mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. there, you can get beautiful pictures when you shoot wide open, you know, like F2.8 and you know, this mm-hmm. lens at F2.8 is gorgeous. Like it takes mm-hmm. absolutely delightful pictures, but, um, it can often miss something if, you know, like I have, you know, Steven smiling and then blurry in the background. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Mike's laughing, like, That can be kind of fun, but it also kind of – it's sometimes kind of better if you can get everybody Mm -hmm. in focus Mm -hmm. and you can see the whole picture. And so I tried to set that mode up so that that was my – if I want to get everybody in focus mode, um, I switched to that. Um, And then I set uh, manual mode, um, which is where I did a lot of my shooting, which was my – Um, you know, a pretty fast shutter speed and a, I think I shot most of it at maybe F3 or Mm -hmm. 3.2 or F4 somewhere around there where it was nice shallow depth of field, but, um, not, not crazy. So I still could get usually at least two people in focus and, um, and I wanted a nice fast shutter speed because I'm running around, I'm not on a monopod or a tripod or something. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. even though the lens is stabilized, it's awkward to capture fast, you know, it's like, I don't want to have people blurry, like, Um, so in order to keep them sharp i did that and so i had i jumped between uh program mode a couple oh a couple of times when i wanted a really shallow depth of field because it defaults to like the full f2.8 mm-hmm. um really wide uh really you know wide open shot and then i had uh, a mode for when everybody and then i had a manual mode which is where i hung out most of the time which was the just sort of like generic uh, kind kind of good it's like really good general pictures um, and it's amazing to testament to the camera how in all of the modes, like it could take a great picture. Like I was taking pictures of people right before they went out on stage, um, and there's this little like sort of off the stage dark room where there's just like one teeny little light because mm-hmm. the intention, of course, is that if the audience wouldn't you know can't see the people who are behind the curtain, so it can't be a bright room. It needs to be a pretty dark space. Um, and I was still able to take pictures there. I think the camera jumps up to like ISO 12,800 or something. Mm, I mean, it was Mm -hmm. really, really, really pushing this camera, but it's like, it took great pictures. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, if you blew it up to the size of a billboard, it would be a little noisy, but right, right, right. whatever it looks most of the time, these kind of, pic- these pictures are just exist to be looked at on an iPhone. So mm-hmm. um, that worked pretty well. Yeah. So w- to to kind of translate
0: some of the things you said, so having an F stop of like 2.8 means that you would get some of that bokeh, bokeh, whatever it's called, where, where blurriness, the blurriness behind the subject, but the, but the, the price you pay for that is that. It, depending on how close you are to the subject, like even the different, well, especially if you're photographing me, the difference between the tip of <laughs> my nose and like my ears, like my if you focus on the tip of my nose, my ears might be blurry in sure. some circumstances. And so when you were shooting in like F8, that would mean that that pr- within reason, everything the camera can see is going to be at least mostly, mostly in, in focus. focus yeah. And then with regard to shutter speed, you know, as, as you're taking a, a picture of action or as you said, as you're moving, you want a very fast shutter speed so you don't have any blurriness. And and the uh, the opposite of that is if, you know, from your landscape photography, days, yeah, yeah. you know, if you want wanted a very slow shutter to take you know make the moving water become kind of like a a mist of water sort of thing and 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 it's really as simple as that obviously there's a lot more to it but that's kind of the summary and i I say that because for a long time i didn't understand what any of this junk meant so um i i thought it was fascinating to watch you run around because you looked very professional to my eye and certainly by virtue of having this big white lens and I think the size of the lens and the fact that it was white, and yes, ha-ha, Casey's talking about white. But generally speaking, in my experience, the only time I see a white lens is on a professional photographer's rig, typically at like a sporting event or yeah. something like that. And, and this lens was very white. It was uh, as white as one can be. And so I just thought it was fascinating watching you run around – And you were extremely discreet. And the only time I think I really noticed you was either because you happened to enter my field of vision because of where I happened to be sitting, or obviously going into the backstage area, there's, it has to be lit so you can see where you're going and there's no, no, no two ways around it. And so you would, you would very quietly open a door, but there would be sometimes some light that would catch my eye as you were running back and forth. But I have I have done in far less official capacities mildly similar things, and I find it deeply enjoyable just because it, it feels kind of cool to be yeah. like the official. No, person. absolutely. You know, and and it kind of, it, it's always a fun thing to be. To feel like you're privileged enough to be able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, and know that, uh, no, this is where I belong. You can, you know, random person, leave me alone. I'm yeah. here for a reason. It's okay. Um, have, I have not yet had a chance to look at most of your pictures. The few that I've seen were all beautiful. And I would say that because you're sitting in front of me. But it also happens to be true. How are how are you feeling about how they turned out? Because I know you've d- developed in air quotes. You've developed most of them, it seems. So, you, and you had mentioned earlier, you feel
1: like there was a concrete progression over the mm-hmm. course of these two evenings. How do you feel it came out? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm glad that I think they, I think they they turned out adequately. Um, insofar, which is they a, were much better than adequate. We'll oh, put a couple samples it, in the show in, notes. In, insofar as I think my my goal. Ultimately was that if I was going to be given the opportunity to do this for you and for, um, you know, for Stephen, for Mike, for Federico, Ma- Marco and John, it would be that at the end of it, there is something to show for it. That mm-hmm. is a nice picture that you can, you know, have to keep mm-hmm. and to, to 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 have. And. I think that goal was met, uh, yeah. that I don't think I was, I fell down in the, like, I was given the privilege of being able to do this. That was, you know, is it, something that I took seriously, and I was able to meet that. And yeah. I think there's things that I could do better. And there's things that I would, if I do, you know, if I do this next year, or whatever, um, there's things that I would change to, um, to make them, to, to make them better, to have that sense mm-hmm. of, um, I mean, even some of its silly things of, like, realizing that as lovely as that lens is, I really should also have a really wide lens. Um, that I think some of the pictures that I could have gotten that would have been really nice, I couldn't do because the widest I could go was 70 millimeters. Um, and so have, I should have really should also, if I was going to do this properly, it's like I need, probably need to have, like, a 28 millimeter lens, like a really wide um lens and there's certain and things. a second camera oh i'd probably just i'd probably just switch but mm-hmm. um I and mean, if i was doing it properly i'd have two cameras but right. let's not get carried away um <laughs> i ended up just using my iphone actually for, for any time oh, i wanted yeah. any time mm-hmm. i wanted a wide picture i mm-hmm. just took it with my iphone and it's it's good enough and it worked worked well enough and well,
0: we are at wwc so you need to tell
1: us that the iphone pictures were perfect they were immeasurable. they way. were amazing um it was <laughs> exactly. absolutely perfect they were please, blow away please, they were they were blow away god absolutely. i can't believe i said that
0: out loud. absolutely Ugh. blow away um all right. no it, it it seems like you had a really good time, uh, certainly, like I said, the pictures were great and, and, and like I said a moment ago, we'll we'll put a smattering in the show notes yeah. of wherever this episode ends up, probably has a relay B side. but uh, I personally thank you deeply, not only for uh, appearing on this random show with me just now, but also for for doing that and taking these photographs because this is a memory that I do not want to forget and and for me, I have found that having even just a couple of, of decent pictures of something that I've done can just snap me back to that moment immediately like it, as soon as we have smell vision i will be able to basically relive the moment sure. you know the combination of that visual look as well as the as the smell of the place it, it's only a matter of time maybe yeah. the iphone iphone 20 right sure. but um but no it was it was wonderful to see you to to see you being a participant in the show in in a very different way in both shows in a very different way, which I was I was very appreciative of and uh, and and it seems like you enjoyed it as well. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you are uh, you are the official
1: official photographer for ATP Live forevermore. That sounds good. And I mean, I think what I liked too is there is I I've really enjoyed watching the progression of you and you know John and Marco as well as you know uh, all the guys on relay. Um, You know, Jason and Serenity and seeing the all of your progressions in terms of becoming professional podcasters. That's weird, right? Like in in a way that I with 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 most of you, like I've been following your work since it really was not nearly as professional as it Mm -hmm, is now. mm -hmm. And it is really fun to be a part and to see that progression to a point where now, like you're selling out large rooms with hundreds of people (laughs) um, and they're like it's the full on like rock star experience in the sense of like, there are people lined up outside and you know, they're like trying to, you know, it's so, like lined up like mm-hmm. at least an hour, if not an hour and a half before the doors open, like yeah. to try and get a good seat. Um, and you're going, you know, it's like you have to be backstage so that you don't mm-hmm. like have uh, so that there's not like a run, you know, a run for your attention and all sure. kinds of weird things um, that it's fun to see that progression to something that is, genuine and professional and in just as fancy for whatever that would mean as like any, you know, a professional musician or someone who um, people might look up to um, in that same kind of context and in that same way. Um, And it's kind of fun, I think too, to be able to provide that next level of um, validation. Professionalism. It's like that next, and it's, it's validating the importance of the event. Sure. That Mm -hmm. it's, it's important enough that someone should really pay attention and make sure that this is recorded because Mm -hmm. Well, it is a um, podcast. We are recording. Well, I'm just giving it a hard time. That is exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm with, you. I'm that, with that, you. That is exactly right. Yes, it was definitely recorded, but it's in a way that it, it is it is significant that yeah, the absolutely like that event is something that has a significance, and I think it's nice to be able to be part of the elevating of it to that significance and recognizing mm-hmm. it for what it is. That it isn't just like it, it's not just three friends sitting down and talking. That it is part of a much bigger, broader thing and something that is worthwhile to you know record properly so that it can mm-hmm. be it can it can be a memory both for your for you know for you as well as you know for your audience and well it's just like for history like like not not, not in the sense that like sure, this is like point. this is like deeply meaningful but at the same time you know it's like w- the pictures that appear or whatever on like the atp wikipedia page or things mm-hmm. like that where it's like there's a certain amount of it's like people care there, yeah, are, there yeah. are there are there are non insignificant number of people who genuinely care and would appreciate um, the elevation that it is. And it's just fun for it to both be, um, true that that it is now a significant thing for all these people. This is their profession, that this is something Mm -hmm. that they do and that people really care about. Um, and then it's fun to be able to be part of the, of, um, sort of proving and make, and sort of being sort of elevating and sure and and validating Mm -hmm. that it is, that, 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 that it is important, that it yeah. is significant. And so that was, I really enjoyed doing that. Well, oh, and I really appreciated you being there to do that. Now, all of that said, what you're not
0: mentioning because you're a nice guy is that what ended up being the opening act for the ATP live show was me. And <laughs> so it was funny because, and I'll explain that in a moment, but it was funny because in the one sense, you know, here it was, we had something to the order of a thousand people in a room ready to look at John and Marco and me and, and listen to the things we said. and And that is... That is something that we, we are very lucky and very blessed to have, have become a part of our lives. But it was also somewhat humbling, and it was my own choice to some degree, but before people were let into the, uh, into the venue, Rob from AltConf, who was kind of running the, the evening for us, uh, he said, "You know, hey, they they've been out there for a while, like in in a nice way." He basically said, "Somebody should go entertain them for a minute." And so, sure. next thing I knew, I was out there like saying hi to people. And it's funny because I felt like I could go up to anyone, and they should presumably know who I was. And You'd hope so if they're if,
1: if they're if they're in line to see your to right. see your show,
0: exactly. But uh, they, but there were it, it was hard to just and, and this is so far outside of my comfort zone to just randomly go up to random people. And say like, "Hi, who are you? You know, what, what are you here for? Etc." And what, but what ended up happening was I effectively became the opening act for my own show because sure. I spent like fifteen twenty minutes outside, like glad handing everyone, which was very fun. And I'm actually I, I'm glad I did it, and hopefully it provided those I got to speak to some amount of distraction and enjoyment uh, before the show. But it was kind of, it was kind of humbling at the same time, which is probably healthy to be sure. honest with you.
1: Oh, though I think in the same exact way that um, looping back to the beginning of what we were talking about, it's. I think it is a wonderful thing that you had the, the willingness to do something that you didn't feel great about. Yeah. yeah, That you have this, it's like, it is a really difficult thing to, it's like not necessarily to be like presumptive enough to go and do that because the people were, they'd paid money to come and see Mm -hmm. you. So it's not like presumptive to be like, hi, you should know who I am or (laughs) care that I'm like going down the line, shaking hands and, um, and taking pictures. But it's, still it's that same, in that same way that it's difficult for me to be like, you know, I'm going to try and learn to take pictures. It's just like in the same way for you. It's I imagine there's an element of like, you know, I don't really know how this is going to go, right. but I'm just going to have the, it's, it's almost like the boldness or the courage to just dive in and actually try it. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked well. I mean, it's I, I, I give you a hard time in saying that you kind of turn into a politician. Like you really <laughs> have that that sense of, and I think it's the impressive skill of being able to make the person that you're speaking to Giving them giving them your complete attention so that they feel important in that mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. Um, that that you don't feel distracted um, and that you're just trying to you know sort of go through emotion that you genuinely mm-hmm. have like when I when I see you interacting with people in those contexts there's a warmth and a, and a and a friendliness to it that I imagine is very meaningful and I think it's not like you're putting on a show but I think at the same time it's showing it's caring enough about. Um, uh, caring enough about that person to give them that consideration. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes through and is, you know, is, is a, is a, is, is clearly, is clearly worthwhile. Um, Even if it is something that's difficult or challenging for you to, to, you know, to want to do.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, once I get into it, it's not terrible. Like there's definitely some times where I'll say something awkward or do something awkward, but generally speaking, it's okay. But to, to, to your point, to compel myself to to step off the ledge, if you will, or or walk out the door, I guess, as a more apt analogy and start this process is difficult. But that's very kind of you to say, and I very much appreciate it. And, and, you know, Merlin has said a few times on on all of the great shows that, you know, the purpose of that moment is exactly what you said, Dave, is to, to make the person with whom I'm speaking feel like they're the only ones that matter. And I don't know that I always accomplish it, but I try really hard to... I try very hard to make the conversa- to steer the conversation toward who they are and what they do and what, they, what, what brought them here. Sure. And if they want to steer it back to me, I'll resist for a moment and then I'll give in because maybe that's what they want and maybe that's exactly what, what they're looking for. Sure. But like when I was a tour guide at, in college, I remember we were told we were not supposed to accept tips. But if somebody tips you three times, like says, here, take this. No, 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 thank you. We can't accept tips. No, here, take this. On the third time you are allowed to take whatever they are giving you. And the one time this happened, despite the fact that I was a really good target, the one time this You're happened amazing to me at walking backwards, I, I am actually extremely skilled at walking backwards. That is not a lie. But uh, the one time this happened, it was a gentleman. I don't remember if it was a son or a daughter. it Doesn't really matter that that we had I'd given the tour to, and he said, "Hey, thank you so much. It was really kind of you." And it was it may have been like the the cash in the middle of the hand during the handshake motion. I forget exactly what it was, but I said, "No, no, no. I can't accept that. Thank you so much, but we can't take tips." And he said, "No, no, no. Really, take it. It's it's for you. You did a great job." And I said, "No, no, no. Thank you. I, I can't accept that, uh, but it's very kind of you to say so and, and, and to offer. Thank you." And he I said okay i was like no you just you get, get one, one, more more, just one more just one more one more well anyway but on that ridiculous note i i think i've used more than my allotted 30 minutes of david smith's time so dave thank you so much for uh, coming into the podcast studio thank you to apple for uh, giving us this this beautiful studio to use and uh, i don't know where this is going to end up but we will post this somewhere some way somehow and uh, thank you again thank you for listening it. all right see you later
1: bye